Welcome to another podcast by Victoria Point Baptist Church. We are glad you have joined us today. If you would like to connect with us as we aim to introduce people to Jesus by connecting with our local community and beyond, you can find out more at vpbc.com.au. I'm Sam, by the way, one of the pastors here. Uh, Welcome to those watching online, and uh, we encourage you to, as you are able, to come back and join us. It's it's great to be in in here together as well. But uh, we're doing the gifts of God's kingdom, and um, I just wonder, yesterday, no, Friday, I I had a moment of disappointment. Uh, See, for the last... Through oh, probably three years, um, my wedding ring has been cutting into my finger, and I, it's 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 definitely the ring getting smaller because uh, it's not me getting bigger. But uh, there's a moment of disappointment of realizing that my finger is actually it was bleeding and weeping. It was getting really messy, and I'm like, I need to do something about this. And so I was really disappointed that I uh, I had to get rid of my not not get rid of it, but I had to cut it off. So I went into the shed and got some tin snips and cut it off. I'm probably there's a better way of doing it, but it's feeling really good now. But all those moments of disappointment that come into our lives, and, and maybe you've got disappointments or expectations that aren't met in life. You're, maybe you're in a season now where you're disappointed at mum and dad, disappointed at your, your kids, maybe disappointed at state of relationships, maybe you're disappointed at uh, how family members have been talking about COVID and how they've been responding, reacting. It can be a really divisive thing, but disappointment sort of is a human experience. Like, we're bound to experience it in some capacity. Uh, two years ago, my wife and I, a um, bit, bit of a big background picture, we moved up from the Tasmania after Bible college, and we bought a little house uh, on the Gold Coast about 15 years ago. And um, it, was, it was great. We lived in it for about seven years. And um, it, was, it was a great little house. And then we moved up to Wurrungaree and then up to here. But we, we hung on to this house as an investment house. And um, we thought, hey, the concept of investment house sounds great. And if we put tenants in. And we're like, hey, this is wonderful. Uh, and then reality hit. And um, the phone calls started, and it's the, the, the issues, it's the, the $2 washer, you've got to pay $180 to get a plumber to put in. Uh, they start to mount, and it's the frustrations, it's the calls, and, you know, we had relatively good tenants, and I'm sure anyone in here who's a tenant would be a wonderful tenant, and, uh, but it was that frustration, my expectations were not getting met, and it became a source of angst and a source of frustration. Anyway, two years ago, uh, we were like, oh, let's just get rid of it. You know, and we, it was a decision come, that came out of frustration. It was like, I'm just over it. We didn't even pray about it. You know, sorry, guys. Uh, not a good example. But we didn't, we're, just like, it, we're just over it. Our expectations weren't being met, and it was just a frustration. So we, we put it on the market, and, um, you know, we, the market was, people were buying the units around our one. We're like, oh, yeah, this will sell at nothing for a month. We're like, oh, this is hurting. And then we dropped the price about 50000 and it's still nothing for another. So two months we had on the market, and we were just so disappointed, so disappointed. Not, not despair, but really despondent about it. We're like, oh, we thought that would be a, a good decision. So we put tenants back in. And, uh, look, it's, it's that disappointment that can carry us, and that disappointment can actually grow, and it can affect us. And if we dwell on it, it can really drag us down. And uh, it's, it's a, there's, a, there's something that's really significant about how we respond in a place of disappointment. Disappointment's a reality. We're going to face disappointment, maybe daily, maybe weekly, 
But we need to choose and respond wisely to engage and receive the gift of joy of overcoming that God is giving us. So we have a choice of how we respond. And uh, the, the problem with negativity, the problem with disappointment is it can become a theme. And we can almost expect things to go badly. Maybe you've been in, in life, a season in your life, maybe it's now, that you expect things to just not work out. You expect the worst. And, uh, and, and it can actually really drag us down. And we can miss out on the hope and the joy of what God is wanting to do. One of the, one of the problems I think of, of negativity or being dis- disappointed is that we can often surround ourselves with other people who are disappointed and we can collectively become really disappointed. And we can drag each other into space and there's like no hope and we're like, ah! But it's, it's a diet that we can feed ourselves a continual diet of disappointment that can actually drag us and we can lose the hope. We'll lose perspective of what God is doing in our lives. Now, I'm going to bring Israel, the story of Israel that we have in the Bible is a beautiful picture. of They were meant to be God's light to the world. And they, after a series of kings, they got conquered by the Persians, who conquered by the Babylonians, who conquered by the Romans. And uh, so there was a space from the end of Malachi in the Bible till the beginning of Matthew. There's about 400 years of silence. There's about 400 years where Israel as a people are, uh, have been conquered, they've been captured, and uh, they've got limited freedoms. They're heavily controlled and uh, subjugated, and uh, they, they were frustrated, and they were disappointed, they were disillusioned. There's 400 years where there was no significant leader leading Israel at the time. There was no prophet, there's no revelation from God. And, and that can be a season for us in our lives as well, a season where we just feel like, where are you, God? Like, how come, how come I can't hear you during the season? And uh, I think that that can add to our sense of disappointment when we feel isolated and lonely and not listened to. And we can enter into a place of despair. But after 400 years of silence, uh, the, the silence was broken by one, to one person, and that is Zechariah. After 400 years of Israel not, not hearing anything from God directly, um, or no prophets being sent, Zechariah... This guy, Zechariah, receives this, this message of hope. And uh, so we're going to look at Zechariah today because he has some keys and to help us realise that in our disappointment, that we, if, we, if we follow Zechariah's things that he did, it, it guards us from developing into despair to becoming full-blown despondent. It helps us rebound and recognise what God is actually doing in life. Zechariah had every reason to be dragged down by disappointment. He had every reason, but he didn't. And when you got your Bibles, we'll follow along in Luke 1, verse 5, and we read before. Uh, in the time of Herod, king of Judah, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were both very old. His disappointment would have stemmed from the fact that Israel was captured and Israel didn't have the freedoms. But greater than that, he was, they were barren. His wife and, and him weren't able to have kids. And, and that would have been a disappointment that would have been kind of in the background forever there. 
But what we see in Zechariah, we see him, he doesn't get dragged down into the place of despair because of this disappointment. But we see in this very first thing, he kept his integrity. Zechariah kept his integrity. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. Even though that he was disappointed, he didn't throw out the obedience to God. He was faithful to God. Even though he had every right in his own mind and to be justifiably angry at God, he didn't walk out on his integrity. And I think that's significant for us in our place of frustration, in our place of disappointment or despair. Often we can turn and we can become something that God doesn't want us to become. So the challenge for Zechariah, if Zechariah was here today, he would be saying something along the lines of, keep your integrity. Keep righteous. Keep obeying God through it all. Don't drop obedience because you can justify in your own mind what's happening in your life. Keep your integrity. Now, what we do in media, we, we encourage people uh, to alcohol in our media. You see it in all the James Bond films, or if you got into the James Bond films. But in our social media, in, in the movies, we see when someone's had a bad day, what do they go? To the pub or to the bar and have a stiff drink, tall stiff drink, shaken, not stirred. And uh, it can be a response that we're actually ingraining into our young people. It, it's, uh, okay, this is, with your disappointment, how do you deal with your disappointment? You drink it off. And it can be a, a way of creating a coping mechanism. And it's not exactly a healthy. As, as some of us know, uh, alcohol is actually a depressant. So by drinking alcohol, you, the after effect uh, is that you feel more depressed. And so it doesn't actually help, but we, we've got these ways that we're sort of introducing coping mechanisms where, where Zechariah, his, he kept his integrity. He didn't go to these places. He kept righteous. He kept obeying God. And I think that's key for us. Uh, my challenge is Black Forest Chocolate. I love it. It's, it's, it's wonderful. It's like I had a big day. I'm like, Black Forest Chocolate. And so comfort food can become a thing. And... Um, you know, it's stressed spelt backwards is actually dessert. So very easy to, in the place of stress or being anxious, is, uh, you know, dessert is my thing, you know. Um, I need to stop that. But uh, we, we create little idols in life, little things that we go to. That God wants to be our go-to. In our place of distress, in our place of disappointment, to go to God. Keep our integrity. Keep being righteous uh, verse 8, uh, once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by Lot. Now, um, I don't know how they did it. I'm, I'm guessing they did scissors, paper, rock and uh, choosing. Maybe, maybe it started then, I don't know. But uh, scissors, paper, rock, maybe. We don't know how they did chosen by Lot. Uh, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for burning of incense came... All the assembled worshippers were praying outside. And I love this. This is a, a guy who's really disappointed. He hasn't got a kid, and he's, Israel's been captured, and he's, he's, he's really, his role is to try and help, help guide Israel in this space. But he's active. He's engaged. He didn't give up doing because he was feeling the sads. He didn't give up being engaged. And one of the things I think is, a, is, a, is very easy for us is that in our place of disappointment or frustration is that we disconnect. We can disconnect from community. 
Um, if you're disappointed in, in, this, in the sermon, you might want to disconnect and leave. You know, but the, I encourage you, don't disconnect from the community. If you're disappointed in something someone has said, maybe you know, there's disappointment that will happen in every single family. Everywhere you go, there's going to be disappointment. That's a reality. Our choice is, what do we do with that disappointment? Our choice is, what do we, where do we take that disappointment? And I, th- I believe God would encourage us to commit and grow in community in spite of our disappointment. See, there's a danger of disconnecting. Zechariah didn't pull back from community. He's engaged. He kept his role. He kept his function in spite of it. See, disappointment can be a product of having bad expectations or wrong desires. I used this analogy a couple of times, you might have heard it, but um, when I was in grade five, I had a kid in my class who was praying to God for a gun. And um, bizarre thing, but uh, he, 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 uh, I had a great chat with him about you know, why he wanted a gun and um, would actually God give him this gun and uh, why would God give him this gun. Really bizarre chat for a grade five boy. Uh, anyway, it was, it was not a good thing for him to have that. And so I think he was disappointed in God but I'm so glad that he was disappointed because I didn't want him to have a gun. And I don't think God or the school or anyone, his parents, would want him to have that. And so disappointments can actually be a season of actually reframing and refocusing and reprioritizing what God actually wants for us, what our best is. Often it's a, it's a perspective thing. We're often disappointed because our desires and what we want doesn't eventuate. What we, what we desire long for doesn't come into fruition So disappointment is not always a bad thing. It can be a correction in our faulty way of thinking. Community can help in that space. I love my life group because we can be honest and brutal and raw to each other in in the context of love and say what needs to be said. And so inside a concept of a safe community space, we can encourage and champion each other. There's that honest reflection. And I so appreciate that. I so need that in my life to hear the things that often we don't want to hear. My, my wife loves cameras and photography, and, and I just love how the negatives are, are turned into something beautiful in a new perspective. They see things differently, and so when she's processing film cameras, it's a negative that turns into something beautiful. It's a beautiful picture, and I, I believe that in disappointment, sometimes we're disappointed, but God is doing a work through our disappointment to change our perspective, to change our reality, how we see things. And he is wanting to bring a gift of hope through our disappointments if we hang in there. So don't disconnect. Don't disconnect from community. Don't disconnect from God, from meeting with him, from relationship. Disappointment will, ha- will happen, but we need to commit and stay engaged. Uh, verse 11 and then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Don't be afraid, Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. I love this. Zechariah kept his relationship. He kept praying. He kept pressing into God. He, he didn't stop his meeting with God. He, he kept praying for the things. Now, He was an old man, and his wife was an old lady. And I'm not going to put an age on that because I'll offend lots of people. Uh, But there was this age that they could no longer have kids. And they were disappointed, and yet they didn't give up praying and meeting and connecting and asking God. And I love that, that he, he, he wasn't despondent and didn't give up. 
How many of my prayers have started out and after once, twice, maybe a week, I've given up and moved on to something else? Maybe it's a friend I've just been praying and praying that they would hear the love of Jesus, that they would come and understand his, the joy of knowing him. And after a couple of weeks or maybe months of not seeing a fruit, I've given up. Zechariah would encourage us in the space of disappointment that we don't give up, that we keep praying. He was old and she was old and they were still praying for kids. What an awesome picture of consistent persistence. So good. God, God hears us. God heard Zechariah's prayer, his cry for help. God hears us. It's not like... Uh, my kids, when I'm talking to them and they've got their computers on, or it's probably more me. When I'm on the computer, my wife's talking to me. I don't hear a lot. Uh, God's not like that. He hears us when we cry. When we cry, when we speak from our heart and our prayers are genuine, he listens to us. doesn't mean he's always going to do what we want, but he listens to us. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. See, out of this, this place of disappointment, despair, there's this beautiful gift of a kid, of a beautiful gift of a child. We love our kids here at Vicky Point. We want to see our kids thrive. What a beautiful gift from God they are. We want to see them come into the family and know Jesus personally, that they would have a life-changing revelation of him. What an amazing picture of hope coming out of a darkness. But you know this hope wasn't just for Zechariah. It wasn't just for Elizabeth, his wife. This hope was for the entire nation of Israel. John the Baptist played an incredibly important role in preparing the way for Jesus. And he baptized people. He, he brought about this, this transformation in many people's lives as they went out and to meet and to be repent of their sins, to re- turn away, turn around their lives. And, and John the Baptist was an important part of Jesus' ministry, leading into his ministry. And uh, in Luke 7, verse 28, Jesus even tells of John, he says, I tell you, among those born of women, there is no one greater than John. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. He was, he, he, he was a beacon of hope for Israel, a beacon of hope. So out of disappointment, God brought this person of hope. One of the greatest gifts of participating in the kingdom of God is that joy that is found. Regardless of my circumstances, God is able to help us overcome our grief and despair and disappointment. In God's kingdom, there is great hope. And I don't want to trivialize the disappointments that might be happening in your life. I don't want to downplay the significance of what you're going through. But I want to, want to encourage you to see that there is hope and there is joy. There is a gift that God is doing and he's at work, even though sometimes you can't see it. Sometimes we, we, we're in winter and nothing's growing. And we're wondering, you know, why, why is nothing growing? And, and, but just be just be. Just hold on to the fact that in summer, things come alive again. Things start to grow. There is a season where things are slow. But then there's a season when God does an amazing thing in our lives. So hold on. Hang in there. Uh, Corrie ten Boom said this. She said, Worry doesn't empty tomorrow of its problems. It empties today of its strengths. And when we fix our heart and mind on the worries and issues and problems in our lives, we miss out on today. We miss out on the joy of today. We miss out on what God is doing now. 
air, we, we often give too much negative airtime in our lives. Uh, what you dwell on defines you, and what d- defines you develops you. And so in a, in a space that w- whatever we fixate our hearts on, whatever we worship, we become like. And that's why God says, hey, I want you to worship me, because when you worship me, you enter into who I am, you enter into my goodness, you experience my peace, my love, my joy, my patience. So our airtime is often, what are we allowing to speak into our lives? What are, what are we allowing to develop and to focus on? There's so much negativity that can be focused on. I, 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 have, I have overheard too much about COVID and I've, I've sort of making the decision that I'm going to not give COVID any more headspace in my mind. It's a reality and COVID is, is a disease that's affecting people. I'm not denying that. But I don't want it to take any more room in my head than it needs to. I don't, I don't want it to be consumed by it because I miss out on the gift of joy and the gift of hope that is in Christ Jesus. This, diseases are nothing new. But if I fixate all my attention on COVID and the effects of COVID, I'm missing out on what God is doing now in my life. The amazing things he's doing, even the lockdowns, just understanding that, hey, lockdowns are fantastic times with family. We grow together. We, we have an opportunity to connect Inside every scenario, disappointment, there's a, there's a silver lining. There's, and I'm not just saying be super optimistic about all your problems and you'll be, you'll be sweet. But I'm saying bring some perspective into your disappointment. That there is an amazing, that God is active, incredibly active throughout our seasons of disappointment. But uh, sometimes we, we feed that. We feed that by often who we hang around, who we listen to. Um, I've, I've been removing people out of my Facebook feed because sometimes they're just so consumed by something that's negative and I'm like, you know what, I don't want to start, I don't want to be a part of that in my day. I, I believe that the devil is using COVID as a tool to distract people from his kingdom purposes, from knowing him, from experiencing the joy and freedom that's in him. And so I'm not, I'm not going to get into COVID, vaccines and all that. That's up for you. It's a personal decision. But I just want, I want to focus on Jesus. He is amazing. He's worth glorifying. He's, he's, he's worth pursuing and knowing. Our, our kids are often the ones that bear the brunt of this. Um, I was listening to Electra talk about how kids now have this thing called eco-trauma. Uh, and eco-anxiety, and it's, it's really sad. I don't know how much has happened in, in, this, in our schools and in our area, but these kids are so concerned about the environment by global warming. They're actually going to school. They're not sleeping well because they're so scared about global warming, uh, about the anxiety that, that builds from not knowing about you know, what a 1% increased rise in temperature globally would look like. Now, I believe we're called to be good stewards of our earth and as, as, as a nation, as a people, as humans, we haven't necessarily done a good job. I think we can all agree with that. We can all agree we can do things better, we can do things wiser. And, uh, but I don't think fear is, is the answer either. And, and why, why are these kids, they can't do anything about global warming at the tender age of primary school and yet why are they so hung up on it it's, it's the diet that's being fed into their lives a stream of information that's going into their lives and I want my kids to be environmental warriors I want them to to look after the nation I want them to look after the earth that was mankind's first mandate to look after the world 
And so I want my kids to be a part of that, but I don't want to be op- them operating from a place of anxiety or fear or losing sleep on it. So I need to control the diet of information that's going into their lives. And that's for all of us in all our areas of lives. We need to control the information that's streaming into our lives. Maybe that means finding new friendship circles that are going to be encouraging you. If, you, if we're surrounded by people who are continually gossiping, continually dragging us into things that are not healthy, maybe let's look for other friends that are going to be encouraging you. They're going to be speaking life and truth into your life. Because we, we, I'm not saying we disconnect from everyone who's hard. I'm just saying that we need to have a diet, a constant steady diet of relationship with God, getting into God's word, bringing that perspective back, what God is doing, who he is into our lives. I don't want to see our kids anxious about the future. I want to see them out there swinging on, swinging, swinging on the playground, having fun, make, playing with toy sticks and drawing in the mud. Like I want our kids to be kids. But it's, it's a, often it's a, what are we feeding into their lives? See, when my problems are bigger than my trust in God, I become anxious and worried. If, if my trust in God is not as big as my, my worries or concerns, I'm going to become anxious. So as a church, would God grow our trust in him? God is bigger than COVID. He's bigger than the wars that are, might be coming. He's bigger than all the things that are, we're facing in life. We hold on to that. And we discover, like Zachariah did, the joy and the hope that is in him. We discover this new thing that he is doing. Uh, Philippians 4 verse 8, I love this. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Such a great Reflection. Such a great place to, to remind ourselves continually. Whatever is holy, whatever is righteous, whatever is noble, admirable, lovely, let's fill our lives with a diet of healthy, encouraging things. There are so many good things. If you want to be encouraged after the service, walk into the office and look at the Christmas boxes. The room's full of Christmas boxes. There are some amazing things ha- happening right now. We have such amazing connection to the, church, to the community kids right now. We've got Big Arvo, mainly music, a thriving kids ministry. There is so much that God is doing in our lives. Let's be excited and let's not lose hope. Let's not lose perspective of what is happening. We've got such an amazing opportunity to be a voice, to be a part of God's kingdom and to see God move powerfully. But it takes us to respond the right way in disappointment, in a season of disappointment. Don't let disappointment drag you into the place of despair. Go to God with your disappointments. Pour out your heart. Our Psalms are beautiful. The Psalms are a beautiful just picture of people, of David going to the Lord with his frustrations, with his disappointments. He's got armies chasing him. He's running for his life. And he just pours out his heart to God. And God comforts him and doesn't always rescue him straight away. He often leads him through places and he grows and he develops. He's doing a lot of things in the background that David can't see at the time. But he's always there. God is so faithful. Church, God is so faithful. He is, he is there. He, even if you can't see it, if you can't feel it, God is not the, sub, is not the culmination of my emotions. That's not his presence. It's just because if I don't have a 
a shiver down my spine in worship doesn't mean I'm not feeling or sensing the presence of God. God's presence is, is with us. Where two or three are gathered, there I am. It's not about how you emotionally feel today. It's not your relationship with God. God is faithful. And that's great news because that means in the midst of your disappointment, God is still at work. And the gift he's bringing, the gift of joy and hope in the season of disappointment is, is around the corner. And we see that. Uh, Zechariah didn't get dragged into a defeatist attitude he continued by continually dwelling on a problem out of his control. It's never as bad as you think in your head. It's never as bad. It's, um, but he, this is the three things Zechariah did. He kept his integrity. He kept active. He kept engaged and connected. And the third thing is he kept praying. He kept his relationship with God. And in all our disappointment, would we remember those things to keep how we behave, how we respond, our choices, our response, that we keep connected. We don't disengage because it's easy to disengage. And we keep connecting with God regularly. Now, uh, Carl Stefanovic, um, some of you might know this guy. He's a funny guy. Um, I don't really watch the morning shows or anything like that, but I overheard this comment he made because there was a bit of an um, em- embroiled uh, fight or something between Lisa Wilkinson. I think that's her co-host. I don't know if you know this. Anyway, um, he, he didn't want to get into it, and I love his response. It's so classy. Anyway, his response to this is Lisa was bagging on him. And his response was this. He said, Brother, I've got too many positive and wonderful things going on in my life to talk about that stuff. I love that. And don't get dragged into the place of disappointment, despondency. Yes, bad things happen, but let's rebound as a church. Let's rebound as individuals and, and, and walk in the joy of the Lord. That's our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Let's find that. And when negativity pulls us down, maybe, maybe it's even a friend around you who's really struggling. Let's get alongside them and pray with them and for them and bring them into a season of hope and, and talk into what God is doing. Sometimes we just need a reminder of all the amazing good things God is doing right now. Sometimes we just need that reminder. Hang in there. Elizabeth and Zechariah, they got their son. So good. The joy that would have come from that, amazing. Uh, M and I, uh, this week, uh, we sold our house on the Gold Coast. And it was just such a blessing because it was something that was a source of frustration and now it's not. And so, you know, the, it's the joy of knowing that had we sold it two years ago, we'd be missing out on the blessing of what it was this week. And so there's, a, there's hope. God's in control. We were acting out of disappointment, but God had a plan and he, wanted, he's, he is so for us. And that we just got to remind ourselves, God is not an angry guy sitting on a cloud wanting to hit us with a stick. God is so for us. He wants us to live in a season of blessing. He wants us to live a blessed life, a full life. Sometimes he, he, he wants us to, to go on a journey, but of discovering him through disappointment. Relationship with Jesus, the byproduct of that is hope. The byproduct of a relationship with Jesus is his joy. It's a good news. This revelation. I'm going to invite the team up as, as I close. But don't let disappointment drag us into a place of defeat. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, would you help us to respond like Zechariah, who, who discovered that uh, disappointment didn't need to drag him to a place of defeat. Lord, and he saw, he saw hope come to, come to fruition. Lord, Thank you for examples like Zechariah where we can learn from. We can learn 
about keeping our integrity, about keeping connected, and about keeping our relationship with you. Lord, would you remind us these three things this week? In the midst, in the very midst of our pain and disappointment and disillusionment we might be in, Lord, would we regain a perspective that, that highlights our need for you? Lord, you are such a good God, such an amazing privilege to be called sons and daughters of you. So, Lord, thank you for this community. Thank you for this community. Lord, would you challenge us as a community to be that beacon of hope in the community? Lord, that we would change the narrative of, that's going around in our world, this narrative that consumes our media, negative news spreads. Lord, would we be that beacon of hope? We've got the best news. We've got a monopoly on the best news ever because it's the gospel of Jesus. And it's this church that is this, has this opportunity to bring hope into his dark place. So Lord, would you inspire and challenge us as your church to change the narrative that's going around, that you are at work, there is good things happening. Lord, would you help us to help those around us? Lord, and would, would people come to know you through this season that we're in right now? Lord, would you meet with us, connect us, and challenge us in Jesus' name. Amen.